The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Well, this is some of the most fun I've had watching the Royals in the last couple of weeks. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Joel Penfield. Thank y'all so much for tuning into this episode. Joining me today to talk about the awesome Kansas City Royals as it sits over the last couple of weeks, uh, Michaela Bennett, brand new at Kansas City Sports Network. She does a show on Saturdays called A Bit of Everything, covering anything that you might have missed for all the great shows we have here at KCSN. Wanted to get her on and uh, promote some of her work as she is here now. How's it going? It's going well. I'm excited to be with KCSN, so... It's great. Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And her show is sponsored by Charlie Hustle. We are both wearing Charlie Hustle shirts. I got my Monarch shirt here. Yeah, uh, I think she's got Cr- Crown, Town. Crown Town. Yeah. There we go. If you like these shirts, go to charliehustle.com. You got Royals, Chiefs, KU, K-State, Mizzou, anything that you want. And some awesome Kansas City businesses have some shirts there as well. So definitely go and check that out. And thank you for supporting uh, Michaela's show as well. This show is brought to you by Kansas City Strength and Conditioning. Let's hear a quick word from them. From the beginning, we knew right away that we wanted to do strength conditioning and a throwing program for the baseball and softball community. It wasn't something we were trying to back into or all of a sudden learn. We knew we were really good at these coaching these skills from the get-go. And the fact that we're in the same business and the employees are all on the same page, you know, we can write a program based off of what a kid needs, not just getting him stronger or faster from a general sense. It's what does this kid need? On the pitching end, we can say, hey, this kid needs such and such. He needs to do this or that better. A lot of times it turns out it's not something that needs to be fixed in the baseball cage or on the throwing mound. It actually needs to be fixed in the weight room.
Thank you, as always, to Kansas City Strength and Conditioning for sponsoring this show. Be sure to check them out. You have a baseball or softball player in the area that needs a place to train. Now, I have had so much fun, really since the All-Star break, watching this team play. And I know a lot of Royals fans feel the same way. The Royals actually have a winning record over their last 30. They're 16-14, and 14, which is a better record than the New York Yankees, who are 12-18. and 18. So you just love to see that. They played an awesome series against the Red Sox, winning three of four. They've currently won two out of the, the four against the Chicago White Sox. Uh, an awesome win last night. The main reason they're winning right now is because these young guys are getting an opportunity. And they're putting five, six rookies in the lineup at a time, and they're all producing. It's making it a lot of fun because I said back in April that this team was going to be better when they put all the young guys in the lineup and finally stop playing aging veterans that don't belong on a, a big league roster or don't belong in this organization at this point. And they're starting to do that. Michaela, what, what are some of your thoughts on what you've seen the last couple of weeks? It's been a ton of fun and I've been so excited. Yeah, it's been so much fun to watch. I just think it's like a new, new bit of energy coming to the club, even just whenever they went up to Toronto. I think that was just a huge series for the young guys to come up, you know, 10 guys that normally with the club weren't there. Um, and so the young guys came up, they, you know, did what they needed to do. And that was just a lot of fun because it was fresh faces coming to, you know, Kansas City. It was a new lineup. And, you know, ever since then, I think the rookies have really just taken off and it's so much fun to watch because not only are they so good at what they do, but it's just things that we haven't really seen before. It's not, you know, stale. It's not the same old Royals. It's just some new fresh things. Um, I mean, obviously Bobby Witt is just incredible, but seeing, you know, other guys like Vinny just hitting so well, you got Nate Eaton, um, you know, you got, Michael, you got so many guys that have been doing so well in the system now coming up and the fans actually being able to watch like, oh, wow, this is from our farm system. You know, this is what we've had. Um, it's really fun to see. And so I think, you know, obviously the guys are young. They're going to make some mistakes, but it's just so incredible and so much fun to see what type of energy. And they really do play like they love the game. And I think that's something that the fans love to see. I don't think it's a coincidence that we saw the young guys start to really take that leap in Toronto. And a lot of it, I believe, has to do with the clubhouse leadership. And we saw, we've seen the vibe shift a little bit. Oh, in that Toronto series, really, Nicky Lopez kind of took over as that, that leader, de facto guy in the clubhouse. Now, Salvador Perez wasn't there, but I don't think... Salvador Perez is very much like the consummate professional on the field. I don't know if he's truly like the rah-rah guy in the clubhouse. doesn't seem that way. Yeah. But over the last few weeks, we've seen Nicky kind of be that guy. And Michael Massey, in his post-game interview last night with Joel Goldberg, talked about Vinny getting the guys going yesterday. We're seeing the leadership shifting now. And really, since the trade deadline, we've seen guys have look like they're having fun again. And I think a lot of that has to do with a certain guy getting traded up north that he's no longer there. And the a lot of the issues we heard early on was it was a quiet, tense, awkward clubhouse. Guys were just kind of there. And now that number I'm just gonna say it, now that what Merrifield's gone, it feels like guys are having fun again and guys are excited to be there. And the leadership is different and it's leading to more wins. What a concept that is. When you play free loose and you're having a good time, winning comes along with that. So it's exciting to see that shift because we saw that with the core of Hosmer, Moose, Kane, Salvi. When they came up, those guys became the leaders. 
and they kind of had a fun, loose clubhouse, and they had a good time, and they were winning while they were doing it. We're starting to see that again in its infancy, and that's a really good sign for, for the future. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people are kind of wanting to tiptoe around, you know, Wick going up and leaving. And um, I think it has made a difference. I think there were some things in the clubhouse that, like you said, just didn't vibe. The the morale wasn't there. And now that the young guys are all there, it's just kind of they're all on the same page. They're all playing as a team. There's no like one person that it's all about. Um, and they're playing well. And so they're going out, you know, they they came in the system all together. They've um, not necessarily grown up, but they've been playing together the last few years. And now they're all in the show together playing. And I think they're having so much fun. And it's more of a team than necessarily just one person trying to go out there and do what's best for them. Well, and some of this too, these guys weren't all on these teams at the same time, but they played together in between high A, double A, and triple A last season. And all of these guys that we're seeing between Eaton, Massey, uh, MJ, Michael, Vinny, Bobby, they were on teams that won minor league titles. The Royals put an emphasis on these guys winning together in the minor leagues, and those guys did that last year. So they have a taste of winning at the professional level. Obviously, it's harder to win at the highest level, but they know what it takes to win together, What, how these guys click and work in, and we're now we're starting to see that come to fruition, and these guys are going to take their lumps. They all will. They're all rookies at the big league level. But to see this all coming together at once – the Royals have scored 34 runs since the start of the Red Sox series last Thursday to now. 32 of those runs, Sands, a Salvador Perez three-run home run on Friday, have been driven in by rookies. That's not nothing. These guys are, it's not just the Royals throwing these guys in the lineup and seeing what happens. These guys are in the lineup and they're producing and they're being a part of a winning team at this point. Is this going to magically turn around the season and they're going to, you know, win 75, 80 games? No. But, can they get to 70 wins and have a really hot last two months and give yourself a ton of momentum going into next season with a core intact that is legitimate? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, talking about the offensive bats, one thing that I know Vinny um, has said is that, you know, he's more patient. He's not going to swing, you know, at a ball that he knows he can't hit. And so they're more patient. They're actually, hitting balls that they can hit now they're they're making smarter decisions at the plate and i think that's something that the royals haven't necessarily done before um so these younger guys even if you know vinny's doing that himself he's telling the other guys you know hey be patient you know wait for your pitch and you know it's working well for them they're getting on base they're getting hits they're scoring runs and they're having fun while doing it it's a shift in philosophy that the royals haven't had in a very long time and we saw this at the minor league level Alex, Josh, and I have talked about it at Royals Farm Report over the last year or two that Drew Saylor has had a significant impact on all of these hitters. When we've talked to hitters at the minor league level, we don't even have to talk to, you know, try and get them to pry about what Drew Saylor has done. Unprompted, these guys talk about the impact he's had on all these hitters in the organization. And when you look at it, it talks, they talked about, even from rookie ball, these guys are, you know, hey, hunt your pitch. Don't come outside the zone because of the way the strike zone is called or because you're scuffling and you're trying to get on base. Stay, hunt your pitch, and go. And we're seeing that with guys like MJ, Nick, Vinny, incredibly advanced approaches for being 23, 24 years old. Michael Massey is getting to that point. He's not swinging as much as I've seen in the past. Nate Eaton's going to walk. Bobby's going to get to that point. He's very much a free swinger right now, but – it obviously is working for him. He's still managing to do damage with the balls that he's hitting. 
but from an offensive production perspective, Bobby Wood Jr., 106 weighted runs created plus, above league average. MJ Melendez, 115. Small sample for Nate Eaton, but it's 125. Vinny Pasquantino, 103, up from 86 two days ago. Michael Massey's around 115. All these guys are hitting it at above average level right now as they're getting their feet wet in the big leagues. That's not nothing, guys. This And outside of Salvador Perez, it's just the rookies that are really producing right now. And Kyle Isbell has had a really nice three or four games. I don't necessarily consider him a rookie because he played a, you know, a pretty good amount last season and has been with the big league club for almost all of this year. So there's a lot to like going into next year. And as the season comes down the stretch, it's just a, an exciting brand of baseball that these guys are playing. It's, it was rough there for two, three months. It was a chore to come on this podcast and try and find positive things to talk about with this team and not be doom and gloom as the team is almost 30 games below 500 with no end in sight. It's a completely different thing. My tune has entirely changed. I'm not trying to sunshine pump and act like everything is amazing. This team is still almost 20 games below 500, but it's a lot more fun right now to be a Royals fan because we see the future. It's right there in front of us. Yeah, absolutely. And even just not offensively, but defensively, some of the plays that these guys are making in the field is just incredible. And it's so fun to watch that because of their energy. I know there's been times, you know, earlier in the season that I'd watch the games and there would be nothing worth celebrating, you know, zero runs and nothing crazy in the field. No, no excitement whatsoever. And it just seemed like the guys went out there every single day. just like, all right, it's another game. We got to get it done. And now it seems like they go out there. They, they want to do their best. They want to have those great plays. They want to have that energy coming out there. And it's, it's more exciting for the fans to watch. You know, that's what the fans want to see, regardless of, you know, the win loss record right now, just, the fans want to see that the Royals are out there trying. They have the energy. They want to be a Royal. And I think that is what this entire team is doing right now. And it's not just the offense, too. The pitching has picked up significantly as well, especially the young starters. Brady Singer looks like the guy coming out of Florida that we thought he could be a mid-rotation, maybe at his ceiling, a number two starter in the big leagues. Even when he doesn't have his best stuff, he's still finding a way to get out and keep the Royals in a ball game. Chris Bubich is really starting to round into form. He's still walking too many guys for my liking, but when you're, if you're asking him to be your fifth starter and have an ERA over his, since he came back from, uh, from Omaha, I believe it's like eight, nine starts, maybe even a little bit more, but ERA is just south of four. That's perfectly fine. The strikeouts are starting to come for him. He's throwing his fastball with more conviction. That's what you really like to see. He wasn't doing that earlier in the year. It was spraying the ball all over the place, walking the world and, couldn't get out of the first inning in two starts. That's not great. Daniel Lynch is starting to throw with more conviction. Seems like he's over the blister issues, and he's starting to become the guy that I thought he could be. We're still got a little ways to go on him, but there's a lot of bright spots there. Hopefully Jackson Coar, John Heasley can find it and go from there, but the pieces are really starting to lock into place now where you have three solid, three starters solidified at least, Brad Keller being a fourth, but three young guys that we thought could actually be there that – are starting to look the part. And so it's all coming together, which to see it all come together at once makes it even more exciting. It's not like we're waiting. The pitching is lagging so far behind at this point that there's, there's no hope for the future. There's at least some there. The hitters are, are far ahead, but it's not, not, not as far ahead as they were a couple months ago. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you, you even have guys coming out of the pen, like, you know, Coleman, he's a rookie too. Um, You know, he, he, 
needs to settle down a little bit and find his stuff and trust his stuff. But whenever he does, it's, it's electric, you know, watching oh, yeah. him throw, you know, in the hundreds. Um, I actually, you know, I've seen him in, through college and, you know, he was with the Padres um, coming up, but whenever he made it to Kansas city, it's just been incredible to watch him. Um, and, you know, even against the Sox this series, he's had some pitches where it's like, how is that, how is anyone supposed to hit that? So you got the rookies coming out of the pen as well. That's just, you know, incredible. He did that last night. It was the best he's looked in the big leagues all season long. He looked dominant, like a guy that can close out a game for you soon for the Royals. Like it, the, his slider was like some NSFW stuff. It was disgusting. And a fastball running up 98, 99. He looked like he was commanding the ball a lot better. And the walks are still concerning for me, but not, I'm not overly concerned the stuff is too good and that it's going to play and he's going to be just fine. And he's even calmed down the walks recently. He didn't want, he gave up some hits uh, in the game when he pitched to the, when they sent him out to close out the game on Tuesday in the day game. He was, he was giving up hits. He wasn't walking anybody. So that's a good sign. Uh, he, he has been incredible to watch at times this year. And last night was a really good glimpse of what he can be at the big league level an overpowering high leverage reliever. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously he's still a rookie, so he's going to learn a lot. But I think it is good having even guys like Grinky in the you know clubhouse to absolutely. teach him a little bit. You know, Grinky knows what it's like to be a young royal, um, you know, in the show. And having even that leadership, I think, is great for this year, whether that's, you know, going to be extended another year or not. Um, we'll see. But I think just having Grinky in there with the pitchers is something really good for their young royals. Do you think they bring, bring Grinky back? Um, I don't know. I don't see why not necessarily. Um, he's, he's cheap on the payroll right now. He's not, you know, too much. They don't really have a lot of payroll, um, other than him and Salvi right now. And I think he's a great clubhouse guy. If he wants to stay a Royal, I would love to see him retire Royal. Um, you know, I grew up watching him and I think the Royals would love to have him retire, retire in Kansas city, but I think it's up to him if he wants to come back. I think they might offer him, you know, and I don't know where else he would go to get, a, you know, bigger contract necessarily, but if he wants to stay in Kansas city, I think, you know, the options there for him. Yeah. I mean, he's, how old is he? he's 38 years old. He's kind of hanging on, but he still found, finds a way to pitch and get out there every fifth day uh, for the most part this season. He's pitching uh, what was it, 18 games this year, 92 innings, not striking out anybody, but still is finding managing to keep the Royals in a game, which is fine by me. If you want to pay him to come back and be your fourth, fifth starter, and let him still kind of be that veteran anchor to a still young pitching staff. I'm fine with that idea. You want to bring him back on a similar deal, like a one for 11 million with some, you know, some escalators in there to give him a little bit more, let him ride off into the sunset in his last season. I think that would be, I'm, I'm cool with that idea. I'm not, I, I didn't have high expectations for Grinky coming into the season anyway. So, and I feel like he has been on par with what I thought he could be. So I have no reason to believe that he can't be the same next year. Yeah, I think he's just pretty consistent. He's not going to you know, do anything crazy, but he's you know, a veteran that's going to do what he needs to do. And I think even just having that in the clubhouse right now, especially you know, like you were saying earlier, Salvi's not really the you know, clubhouse guy to get everyone all together. Um, he's going to be great for you know, the post-game celebrations and everything, but not just rallying everything. But as far as also I've seen, you know, 
um, pitchers come off the mound and Grinky goes and talks to them right away. You know, he's yep. understood. He understands what it's like to be there, to have the struggles because he struggled in Kansas City, you know, originally. Oh, yeah. And he knows what it's like, you know, when the fans are on you, when, you know, mentally you're not doing well either. So just having that, I think, is so valuable that, you know, I'm OK with it being not the best fourth or fifth starter, but he's there for those guys when they come off the mound. Yeah, absolutely. So the homestand's still going, guys. We're recording on uh, Tuesday right around noon. The Royals are going to play the fourth game of their set against the White Sox here in just a little bit, but the Dodgers are going to be in town this weekend. So if you want to watch the best team in baseball, uh, even if you're not even if you're not a you're a casual Royals fan, go watch the Dodgers play. That's going to be a lot of fun. They don't come to Kansas City super often. Uh, but if you're looking to take your crew out to the K this summer, be sure to check out our friends at Tickets for Less. Ticketsforless.com has the best selection of tickets for all your favorite sporting events, concerts, and shows, including the Royals. Tickets for Less never charges per ticket fee, saving you big time over the other sites out there. You can save even more when you use our exclusive partner code at checkout. Simply enter code KCSN22 when ordering your seats at ticketsforless.com. That code again is KCSN22. We will be right back after this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Michaela, so... The Royals, like I, I, they felt very directionless early in the season. I didn't know that they were going to go full youth movement, even though I was clamoring for it. I, I know they don't listen to this podcast. I know they weren't going to pay attention to what I had to say. But now that they've done that, it feels like there is a little more of a direction for 2023. And it's in, they've invested in these young hitters, and they're all producing. feels like they're going to be able to, to move forward in that, that direction. And they're going to have a ton of payroll flexibility now. You're still paying Salvador Perez a lot. That's fine. I know people think the contract is bad. You keep a guy like Salvador Perez in Kansas City. You don't let him go and play another uniform. I'm cool with overpaying him. I, there are certain certain ones that I'm perfectly fine with. You want to bring back Grinky? That's fine. You still have a, a lot that you can pay with. They're, the Royals are nowhere close to that luxury tax threshold. So if you want to go and spend money this offseason or go and make some trades, you have that opportunity. What kind of strategy would you like to see the Royals employ to make the team better for next year? Yeah, um, I think they can be a little more aggressive this offseason just because, like you said, you know, they have the money to do it. Um, and fortunately, they have so many guys that can play so many positions right now that, you know, you don't have to just necessarily go for one single position. You can kind of go for best player available, best player that's going to make the team the best rounded out. Um, 
and then kind of fill the rest of the field accordingly. Um, that's, you know, one thing about these young guys that is so good. And even just the Royals roster in general is that so many guys, you know, can play outfield, can play first base, can play, you know, second and shortstop. They can play third base. They can play wherever that they aren't stuck in one position. And it gives them a lot of flexibility this off season. Um, you know, depending on what happens with Grinky, um, maybe go get, you know, another starter, maybe, you know, a couple um, that you can spend some money on, just some more veterans. I think that would be a good strategy. But, you know, I think there's a lot of options for them um, and just kind of seeing, you know, who plays well the rest of the season as far as the rookie goes. Um, also, you know, as far as the farm system, who's ready to come up, you know, next season. I think sometimes, and, you know, maybe you can chime in here too, I think sometimes they bring the guys up a little too early because they don't know what to do with them. You know, he got Michael Massey, who was just killing it. And they were like, he's, he's ready. You know, what else do we do with him? And I think there's sometimes where, you know, maybe they bring him up too early and they got to send him back down. Um, obviously they're, they're rookies right now and they might, you know, they're high right now. They might be going low again. So I think it'll kind of see how the rest of the season plays out a little bit to see who's ready for next year to start, you know, in the big leagues. There's kind of a weird dichotomy with the Royals and their handling of rookies. Sometimes they keep guys, they bring guys up too early, like Kyle Isbell, where he had, he hadn't played any above high a besides going to the alternate site in 2020. And he got sent back down very quickly, or it's Vinny Pasquantino who was ready in May and they kept him down until the end of July to the, you know, the beginning of July. So I don't really know. At their strategy for bringing some of these guys in. I know that some of that was due to just roster construction and having like four first basemen on your roster at that time. Regardless, like when guys are ready, they'll, they'll show you and the Royals have an opportunity to bring some more of those young guys up next year. And that it has Andrew waters who has been solid in AAA. There's still a lot to work out with him, but the tools are starting to come together for him and proving he can be an everyday center fielder in 2023 which then you got to figure out what you're going to do with Michael A. Taylor. He still has a year on his contract, but I don't know if they bring him back. Maybe you can try and trade him this offseason, replenish the farm system a little bit. A team would would take a guy like Michael A. Taylor uh, as a fourth outfielder at minimum, or if the Royals just want to make him a fourth outfielder and go full like, hey, we're going to put seven rookies out here and just let them ball. Then you could put Drew Waters out there. Michael A. Taylor can come in, you know, in, in a pinch and be your fourth outfielder. You're not paying him more than $5 million. So it's not like he's a, an albatross that you're making a bench guy. I don't see that at all. They have an opportunity with Nick Lofton, Nate Eaton to play third base. I don't know what you do with Hunter Dozier. I don't think he's a long-term piece, but because of the contract they gave him, they're going to keep him around. I hope that it, that's in a bench role. So I don't have to watch Hunter Dozier play every single day because it's not great, especially on the defensive side. He's been fine offensively, but I think the, the rookies at this point are his better players. So I think they're going to, they have an opportunity to spend a lot of money, relatively speaking for a Kansas, for Kansas city on pitching and invest in getting some really good, solid veteran pitchers to go along with your young core via trade, via free agency. I think there's some opportunities in free agency to go and get some guys like a Sean Mania. You can bring him back. He, he was originally a Royals farm and he was in the Ben Zobers trade for those that don't know. Uh, he's been pretty solid, but the Royals need a good lefty. So maybe you can go and get him on a two or three year deal. Go get it like a Chris Bassett uh, from New the New York Mets, who is just an absolute workhorse that can be at the top of your rotation right now with Brady Singer and Brad Keller. Other guys, I'm, I'm just looking down the list of free agents here. 
maybe like a Jamison tie-on, but the injuries do concern me a little bit. So th- there's there's a few guys there. If you really want to go and shell out somebody, you can go get like a Nate Evaldi or a Carlos Rodon who are going to get some multi-year deals. Uh, Rodon is certainly going to opt out of his his contract with San Francisco, so he'll hit the market again. That would be a splash, and John Sherman knows from being in the Cleveland ownership group for so long, he knows how important pitching is. And then the trade aspect of this, there are going to be teams that have cost control pitchers that they're going to be there. They will be willing to move. Miami has shown a willingness to move Pablo Lopez. Now they pulled out of that deal at the 11th hour with the Yankees, but they were willing to move him. And he has still has two years left on his deal. He's one of the better pitchers in the national league this year. You're going to part. You're going to need to part with some significant pieces of your future. Not anyone that kills your future, but some combination of like, Kyle Isbell, Michael Garcia, Vinny Pasquantino, anybody like, you know, any of your probably two to three top 10 hitters in your organization, guys that are big league ready, and somebody else that you feel that they can throw in, maybe a Massey or something like that, and you go and get Pablo Lopez for two years, you still have a lot of good hitters in your organization, so it's not like it's going to significantly kill your farm system or, you know, or hurt the big league club. There are certainly still guys you can bring up. And you have a number one in your rotation right now. Pablo Lopez would be a number one in a lot of rotations if it wasn't for Sandy Alcantara. So that would be someone I would look into. Herman Marquez from Colorado. He's not been great this year, but pitching in Colorado is so volatile. You don't know what you're going to get most of the time. There are other guys out there. Those are two names that I think the Royals could certainly consider. But those are the two moves I want to solidify the rotation. Let these young hitters continue to hit because I think they have an opportunity to have a top 10 to 12 offense next year. The pitching is the only thing that could hold them back and solidifying that rotation with something like if you get a Pablo Lopez and a Sean Mania, say, and then you can add, and then you add in Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch and Brad Keller. That's a really solid starting five. I don't think it's a playoff rotation, but certainly viable and can make the Royals a really nice candidate to sneak into a third wild card spot. If they all hit their potential. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the Royals are a couple years away from being back in, you know, contenders to where they were in, you know, 2015 era. Um, and I think some pitching would help get them there, obviously. But they have all the tools otherwise to be a playoff team. You know, in a couple years when these rookies get some time underneath their belt, get, you know, all of the jitters out, all of the errors out these first couple years, um, you know, so I think they don't have to be – super aggressive right now this offseason because they're probably still a couple years away from where they want to be you know to make that playoff run but getting you know a trade getting you know a two or three year contract for great starting pitchers would be something that the Royals should do this offseason just because they're like okay at their end of their contract we are going to be there. We are going to be where we want to be and kind of see the trajectory of the team. I'm looking at the payroll for next year. Right now you got Salvi, uh, 20 mil. Dozier is uh, nine something. And, uh, you know, Michael A is four and a half. That's what they have tied up right now for sure. Um, So there's a lot of money that they can – work with um obviously you got all the guys in arbitration they're going to reach contracts before hopefully um so you know those are uncertain but there's a lot of money to play with and i think that fortunately they can kind of set their own destiny with this offseason 
I think I, I agree with you that the Royals are probably not going to be a playoff team until at least 2024. But I think you need to start taking that step in the right direct direction. And the way to do that is to go and make some moves this offseason. Because I think what we've seen, especially with what happened to the Nationals, that we, you know, people talk about that six year window with the, you know, the big time rookie like a Bobby Wood Jr., that, you know, the time is limited in Kansas City because I don't know if Kansas City will fork over the nine figure salary to keep him around. I hope they do. And I think there's, I think that they might, but it's not guaranteed. And you're not even guaranteed six years. We've seen that with Juan Soto getting traded to the Padres. You're guaranteed three, maybe four years, if that. If that guy gets unhappy, then they're going to find a way to move him. And so you're like, we're, you're not guaranteed that the way that it was in the past. Player mobility is entirely changed with that Juan Soto trade, which was unprecedented. So you need to start making those moves now to try and get to that window as quickly as you can before that unhappiness sets in and they try and, and they want out. Yeah, definitely. And I think even just where the, you know, the CBA has kind of been going with the um, negotiations, negotiations back and forth, that window is going to be shorter and shorter, you know, going in the future because of how the CBA is going and what the players want their contracts to be. So I would love to see Bobby wet, you know, in Kansas city for his entire career. I think everyone would, but we'll see if he, stays but um i i think you're right in the fact that they should make some moves this off season but i don't think they should you know make moves i don't think they should put all their eggs in one basket right now or just sell the whole farm just to go full out yeah. for you know this coming season i think they're you know a year two years away um from you know a big playoff run but definitely you know maybe even a contender next year maybe you know maybe a wild card spot i think that'd be great but they shouldn't sell everything just to get, you know, a couple pitchers or something for next year, whenever they have a very bright future that they can, yeah. you know, kind of use for the next few years. It's going to sting if they go and make a trade for a, you know, a cost control yeah. pitcher. That's really good because you're going to give up somebody, you know, some guys that the fans have already started to fall in love with that said, like the James Shields trade, like it's stung at first losing Will Myers, losing Jake Odorizzi. Like you, you gave up what for, James Shield, like, what are we doing? Obviously, the trade worked out and it entirely changed the trajectory of the next three years. So that's what you have to look at. Yeah, that's what you have to weigh. Do you want to hold on to this, you know, this guy that you you know you believe in, you think can be a part of your future for something that's a little more guaranteed and can help change the trajectory of what your next two to three years look like in that playoff window? Maybe you're able to open it a little earlier than you thought. So this is why I'm glad I'm not a GM. This is why I'm glad I'm not in the front office trying to make these decisions because I'm, I'm conflicted on what the Royals should do, what I think they should do. But I understand both sides of it. And I hope I, – I know that they're going to make the right decision regardless. Uh, but I want, I want to see them be aggressive. I want to see them go and make a move or two that makes people kind of go, huh, the Royals might actually be going for it a little bit and not just sit back and go, woe is me, small market team. We're just – where our hands are tied, we can't spend money. Sure, you can. Like I want to see, like the Padres were considered small market, and they're paying six hundred million dollars to two players right now. So it can be done. It's just a matter of the willingness of ownership in the front office to go out and make these moves and be aggressive. Yeah, and I mean, you even have Montesi coming back next year. Um, so it's you know, is he though? I don't know. You know, so he's one of those guys that he can't ever stay healthy. And no. And it, it sucks because you can't like, there's a difference between like a soft tissue injury that we've seen in the past. Like there is some of the fault of the player for not being in shape and the condition to yeah. play. 
you can't do anything with a torn ACL. Like that just yeah. sucks. Yeah. But at a certain point, he's had one season as an above average hitter. He, even in the 15 games he played this year, was striking out almost 40% of the time. I just, I don't know what's left for him. And having now Bobby and Massey, Nick Lofton's coming up. Nate Eaton has been really good. Nicky Lopez has carved out a role. And he's only got one year left. That would be next year. So I think he could be a non-tender candidate where they just let him go and maybe a change of scenery helps him. But the Royals are also incredibly loyal to their guys. So I think maybe he ends up, but then again, like what do you do with him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you do with him? Where does he go? You know, like the rookies have earned their spots and they've proved that they deserve, you know, a spot right there. You're not going to take, you're not going to take Nikki out out of second or Bobby out of short. Um, So what do you do with Montessi? And so I think that's just, sometimes there's, too many pieces to the puzzle and if you can't stay healthy it's just what do you what do you do with all the chess pieces and you know i know i've heard people talk about oh well he can go and be a you know your bench guy you go he can play third he can play second he can play short play him a couple days a week and see what happens long term i think that's going to be nikki lopez's role nikki lopez has been able to stay healthy yeah now is nikki now and i think they're value wise about the same maybe like i know monica in for more power but we haven't really seen that the last two years so I, I don't know. I would rather see Nicky Lopez at this point because he's at least shown the best kind of ability is availability, and he's been able to do that. So that yeah, long-term, I think, is more his role. I don't think Nicky Lopez is an everyday guy moving forward, but is he a very valuable middle infield utility type? Absolutely. I'd rather yeah. have him than Mondesi at this point. Yeah, and I think Mondesi, you know, everyone, obviously, he's a freak athlete, and some of the plays that he makes are incredible whenever he does make them. But now we're seeing Bobby do that. And so it's like the Royals aren't super tied up in, you know, Mondesi's crazy plays because they're seeing the rookies do that now. And they aren't super, you know, they aren't going to be super upset if Mondesi leaves. You know, obviously he's been a Royal. Everyone loves him, but they got the other guys now. So I think as long as you don't trade Salvi, I mean, everyone was pretty. I thought everyone was going to be upset whenever Witt went, but. I think everyone's okay with it. Um, And so now I think as long as you don't trade Salvi, fans are going to be okay with Bobby as well. Obviously don't trade, don't trade Bobby right now. But um, I think everyone else, you know, yeah, the guys like are fun to watch and the fans love these rookies, but no one's super attached to them yet. And the fact that they're going to be super upset if there's trade made with them. Um, So I think as far as that goes, you can kind of, play how you will with um the the players and you know there's a lot of room to see what's going to happen in the next you know couple years yeah there there's a lot to like with what they're doing now and what they could do in 2023 i i'm still like i'm excited i'm a lot more optimistic than i was uh, even a couple weeks ago so it it's certainly the tune has changed which is welcome right now because the royals were really going to get lost uh, as training camp has started for the chiefs and college football season starting. Like I thought I was going to be sitting here talking to nobody because why would anyone want to pay attention to what this team's doing right now? I think there's at least still some, enough fan interest there, even from casual fans with all what these rookies are doing. So that's exciting coming up this weekend. If y'all can go to the ballpark on Saturday for that game against the Dodgers, it's going to be salute to the Negro leagues day. That's why I am wearing the Monarch shirt. Uh, so be sure to go check that out. It's one of the best days at the K all year. They wear, I think they're wearing something along the lines of the 42 Monarchs, like the red with the off-white cream pinstripes. It's what at least it looked like in the some of the promo stuff. So that's going to be really cool. 
if you're able to watch the broadcast, which I know not many are because Valley Sports is what it, what it is, uh, Bob Kendrick will more than likely be on that broadcast with uh, Ryan Lefebvre and Rex Hubler telling stories of the Negro Leagues. Just go and if you even if you can take the time, just watch two innings of Bob up there. Just do it because it's awesome and go support the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. I know they'll do jersey auctions and I know people are into that. So de- definitely go check that out. Support the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Support the Royals at the K this or this Saturday uh, as they're playing, taking on the Dodgers. And I believe the Dodgers are wearing Brooklyn Dodgers jerseys. Uh, because it's the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. So very, very cool day at the K coming up on Saturday. All right, Michaela, thank you so much for coming on with me today. We'll definitely have you back before the season's over. Before I get you out of here, I ask this to every guest that I have. If you could take in a bat at the K, what would your walk-up song be? Ooh, I think right now it would be Papas. Um, just because it gets me fired up every single time. Um, but I think, I think it's a little overplayed, but I think that would be my walk-up song right now. Even if it's overplayed, if it gets you going, that's what matters. It gets right? me going, right? Exactly. I, it I probably would be a strikeout if it was against anyone, but it definitely would be. Hey, I wasn't asking you to, <laughs> to go out there and get a hit. Just go and walk up and stand at the plate. That's all we that can do that. Yeah, definitely pay boss is what I think it would be. What would yours awesome. be, Joel? Mine would be long, hot summer day by the turnpike troubadours. There we go. There yeah. Go. That, fiddle, that fiddle intro gets me going. I'm excited. Yeah. I get to see them, uh, in Bonner Springs in a couple weeks. So I'm nice. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, well oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say thanks for having me. It's been great. So yeah, absolutely. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure to subscribe down below, like this video, uh, leave a comment. I go and hop in. If you have any questions uh, about anything we talked about today, be sure to do that. Uh, go and subscribe to the audio channel, KCSN Kansas city Royals. And by subscribing to the YouTube channel, you're going to get Chiefs, Royals, KU, K-State, Mizzou, anything you need. Uh, Michaela's show on Saturday. Be sure to check that out uh, if you've missed any of the awesome content that we have going at KCSN. Thank you all so much as also on YouTube. We've hit 10,000 subscribers, which is awesome. Uh, we'll definitely keep subscribing to the audio side as well. Lots of big stuff coming up at KCSN. Appreciate you all so much. Talk to you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.